Is there a way to turn off the bigot spigot? Find out on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and say I want to invite you to go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, so that you can connect with me. Uh, any topics for a future uh, consideration would be great. Comments, concerns, questions about previous topics would be great. Um, I would love to just hear from you and connect with you. Uh, also, go to gofam.org, gofam.org, to find out where my wife and I are going to be uh, ministering and traveling uh, and uh, living the dream for the kingdom. So it's great to connect with you. This podcast is on time this week. <laughs> it's been uh, tricky in my life lately uh, trying to uh, meld this podcast into just regular life. Uh, this week, uh, I had a chance to catch my breath and, and refuel, and I'm releasing this on time, and so all of that feels good. Do you know that people use um, inflammatory words um, they ramp up their voice, they become red in the face, they become angry. The reason we do that is to try to get the person that we are communicating with to back down, to either go away or to be quiet. And that's what inflammatory words do. Uh, sometimes we uh, try to be as provocative as we can um, so that we get attention, so that people cower, um, go into the fetal position and don't want to speak. That's the opposite of what this podcast is about. This podcast is about having a voice and being heard and standing up for what is right and what is true and what is good and what is noble in our society and culture. And if we don't speak up, if we don't stand up, who's going to do it? We are actually ambassadors of heaven. If we're quiet, then we're not representing heaven like we're supposed to be, which then begs the question, why are we here at all? <laughs> We are here to represent him, to represent him to the earth and the Holy Spirit that lives within us, empowers us and strengthens us to do just that. So we need to have our eyes open to inflammatory language against us or against uh, the word of God um, to see it for what it is, not respond in kind, but to respond in honor and the ability to respond with truth and love. We hear the word bigot a lot. Sometimes it gets thrown even towards the people of God and towards Christianity. Um, I want to break down some of these words so that we understand really what we're talking about. Because again, the goal is to silence not only us, but reasonable thought and reasonable conversation. That's what we're after. The meaning of bigotry is obstinate, or unreasonable attachment to a belief, opinion, or faction. In particular, prejudice against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. Kind of vague, kind of open, but I think the main word here is unreasonable. <laughs> unreasonable. 
Another word that's connected to bigot or bigotry is the word intolerance. It's an unwillingness to accept views, beliefs, or behaviors that differ from one's own. Unwilling to grant equal freedom of expression, especially in religious matters, interestingly. And then you heard the word, you know, homophobic, transphobic. Well, the word phobia or phobic is having or involving an extreme or irrational fear or aversion to something. So when we get accused or called that, the goal again is to disempower us from having our own beliefs or views or our freedom of expression. So it's very interesting that these words are actually used to actually result in exactly what they mean. <laughs> Hopefully you can follow the bouncing ball. See, when we have a reasonable belief that men are men and women are women, for example. It's a reasonable belief. And we voice that expression and say, you know what, these pronouns um, that are there seem unreasonable. When we say something like that, it doesn't make us a bigot. Because it's a reasonable belief. Now, again, I'm not a fan of prejudging, having prejudice over people. And I don't believe in not granting equal freedom of expression. People are free to express themselves any way they want to in a free society. Now, that doesn't mean it's to their benefit, and we can argue that point. But they have the freedom to do that. And so if we're taking away their freedom of expression, then that would be intolerant. And that's not certainly what we're going for. And we certainly aren't phobic. In fact, if you heard my previous podcasts, I believe that we, if we have an appropriate Christian mindset, that we are the most attracted to these people, the people, let's say, for instance, transgender people, for instance, we're most attracted to them to try to bring help and healing to their lives and to try to engage with them. That's what Christians do. It's actually the ones who say, oh, don't worry about it. I know that you have an incredible high suicide and depression rate up in the 80, 90% range, but it's normal. Just go on with life. Just do your thing and be yourself. I believe that is actually an intolerant phobic viewpoint. So I believe that it's okay for us to actually have a reasonable, rational um, conversation with somebody about things that are true. And I believe that truth is the highest standard and we can always argue from the realm of truth. So when people throw words at you like you're a bigot or you're intolerant or you're phobic, those are just tactics to try to get you to actually be quiet. Now that doesn't mean that you throw them back at them, the same type of words. But it is important, I believe, to ask questions. Why, why do you see me as a bigot? Because by the definition, I believe my belief is reasonable. It's not an unreasonable or obstinate belief. And so we can actually engage people and get them to actually talk with us because that is the goal. They actually have an obstinate, unreasonable attachment to a belief. And they're willing to stand and be louder and to scream and to hurl insults to actually quiet us. So we can look at people groups and it is absolutely possible to have a standard, a reasonable, rational standard 
upon which we can have a disagreement with the way that they're thinking without being unloving, without being a bigot, without being phobic. None of those are true. I looked up again how many gender identities there are. Now it's up to 107. <laughs> I'm not laughing to mock them. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's unreasonable. And it's unreasonable for a group of people to invent names for themselves and then turn to us and say, we demand that you call us by these names. You demand that we, you treat us differently because of this identity that I have just created. There's been more obviously created since even I've done my last podcast. We're now up to 107. It says in Wikipedia that there's 107 gender identities and they're subject to change at any time. <laughs> and isn't that the point? They're subject to change at any time. It's, it's unreasonable. And some would say irrational. And what's unreasonable and irrational is for them to turn to me and say that you need to memorize all 107. And if you don't call me by that specific pronoun, I'm going to be offended and you're going to be a bigot. It's unreasonable. Can I just give you kind of an interesting example? I just want to read a couple of these paragraphs to you. There's a new group of people on Earth who believe they're aliens. Star people or star seeds are individuals who believe they have come to Earth from other dimensions to help heal the planet and guide humanity into the Golden Age, a period of great happiness, prosperity, and achievement. It might sound a little crazy, but an internet search for the term brings up over 4 million results, and there are scores of people posting videos on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook who believe they originate from another world. Indeed, content with the term hashtag starseed has over 1 billion views on TikTok. 1 billion with a B. Unlike Earth souls who are said to reincarnate on Earth, starseeds believe they have reawakened from another planet to be born here. Starseeds believe they are conduits between divine realms and the earth, and they can transport between galaxies via meditation. Starseeds also believe they can communicate in light language, a form of communication that is said to bypass human limitations and to be language of the soul. They are also said to be empathetic, sensitive, and have more physical and mental health issues as their souls aren't used to having a human body. Starseeds want to help humanity, but they get overwhelmed by life on earth. And so recharge by spending time alone. Now, again, my goal isn't to mock people who believe that they are aliens. But the question is, if starseed people believe what they believe, and maybe they earnestly do, and they come to us and say, because we are not of this world, we are actually not subject to your laws, morals, values. And so we don't have to actually obey anything that you say. How do we respond as a group? We would say, well, that seems to be unreasonable. That seems to be irrational. And we can't afford them to behave any way they want to. They still need to adhere to our laws, to our values, to the way that we believe as American citizens. And I don't feel obligated to treat them differently than other human beings because they say that they are not human, that they are alien. Now, is that bigotry? Is that intolerant? I don't think so. I think it's rational because there's a truth connected to it. And so we as a society 
can can love them and care for them. We can deal with some of their emotional and mental problems that they're having, physical and mental health issues, and we can help them. Not be phobic of them, but help them. It's an example, but it's something that a group has had an enlightenment to (laughs) made up, you might say, or feel connected to. It's interesting. I'm a Christian. I believe I'm also from another world. (laughs) I'm connected to heaven. And you can confront me about my beliefs and I, I can share those with you as well. And that's called an interchange of thoughts and ideas. Some may say that I'm irrational in the, what I believe and the things that I pursue. And the key is that I can have or should have free expression of the way I feel. And if somebody disagrees with me, it would be inappropriate for me to call them a bigot. Now, if they beat me up and they say that they hate me and they burn my house down and all of those things, those are hate crimes and there's bigotry definitely connected to those. I understand that. But a fair exchange of conversation between me and somebody who is secular or me and an alien or me and a transgender individual, we can all share our ideas and we can coexist in that regard But it doesn't require me to honor something that appears to be irrational. See, what we've crossed over in our society, which I believe is very dangerous, is we've crossed over when we disagree with somebody, it means that we hate them. When did that happen? Why is that a thing? That concerns me greatly. Because... I believe we're always going to have disagreement in any society. And yet this idea that we hate each other if we disagree with each other continues to fuel the division, the spirit of division that's over our country. So my point in saying all of this is that we can love and we can connect and we can actually listen to other people And still not agree with their premise. Still not believe that the way they're living is right or beneficial or good for our society. And it means does not mean that you're a bigot or that you're phobic or that you're intolerant. See, we have to be really careful that we don't fall into and slowly walk into deeper waters in regards to terminology and pronouns that are being used today see they're going to they're going to try to convince us to say that i am a biological male (laughs) biological like i connect with the way i was assigned my gender at birth that's the new thing is what you were assigned at birth so according to them i would be a cisgender biological male and what i'm saying is i don't have to jump into the water and play the game I don't have to connect with that. What we believe and what scripture says is they were made male and female. (laughs) And so we see it very simply. I'm a a man. 
And so be very careful because there is a also a goal to slowly, as you get used to this, slowly feel like you need to engage in the conversation of the irrational, into the conversation of the unreasonable. And you don't have to. You don't have to connect if you don't feel like it's the right thing, if it's contrary to what you believe, which I'm guessing is true. I saw this on Facebook. thought it was such a good example. It's a conversation between a secular person and a Christian. Secular person says, I want to do X. And the Christian says, you're free to do it. The secular person says, but you think X is wrong. And the Christian says, yes. The secular person, because you want to control me, Christian, no, you're free to do whatever you want, whatever you want. Secular person, but you think X is wrong. (laughs) Christian, yes, but only because I want what's best for you. Secular person, but I want to do X. Christian, you're free to do it. (laughs) Secular person, but I want you to say that X is good. Christian, I can't say that. Secular person, why are you such a hateful, intolerant bigot? (laughs) Is that the way it feels sometimes? I believe that's the way it feels sometimes. I just want to close with an an article written about and quoted uh, about Megyn Kelly. Um, Megyn Kelly is a very prominent uh, news anchor, uh, editorialist. Uh, that was on Fox News, and then she went to NBC. Um, she always leaned a little bit more uh, liberal. Um, however, uh, this was her comments on the transgenderism debate, and I think it's a it's such a good recap of what I want to talk about in this podcast. She says, "I was an early proponent of using preferred pro- pronouns as far back as the early two thousands, of saying she when I knew the truth was he." It seemed harmless, and I had no wish to cause offense. Trans people were tortured enough, it seemed to me, by nature of their dysphoria and society's disdain for them in general. So I complied. I went along with it. I didn't see the harm. By by 2016, we were debating bills to stop trans access to certain bathrooms, which I covered from the news desk at Fox, siding with the trans community. How does it affect our lives as women if here or there a trans person uses a stall in our bathroom? These people aren't bothering anyone. Why, would, why wouldn't we accommodate them? I didn't see the harm. In 2018, while at NBC, I hosted shows on trans people, one of which had a segment on trans kids. I led the audience in cheering for them, encouraging them to own who they are. I used approved terms like gender-affirming care for, for medicinal gender manipulations, cis to refer to natural-born women and men, assigned male at birth instead of born male, I smiled and listened politely as a guest told me gender is just a social construct. I wanted to be supportive of those who were suffering. I would use this more evolved language. I didn't see the harm. By the time we began the Megyn Kelly Show podcast in September of 2020, the warning signs were everywhere. Kelly went on to discuss the social contagion gripping teenage and adolescent girls, the sports controversies of biological males winning at female sports, and the indoctrination of American schools, included where her own kids attended. 
Then there came the sports injuries, the sexual assaults, and the images of, of mutilated kids. And there I was, along with millions of others, watching and learning and finally seeing it. There is the harm. It is beyond time to stand up to the trans lobby that means to deprive women of their spaces and rights, to the men who pose as trans women to gain access to places like sorority houses, only to exploit the women strong-armed uh, strong into welcome, welcoming them, to the men who grew their hair long, throw on a dress, pop on their TikTok filter, and then threaten to kill us if we object to them coming into our private spaces. To the mutilation of our children by money-driven doctors, to the rape of female prisoners, and to the theft of our medals and opportunities to win. How can we stand up to any of this if we are complicit? How can we fight for facts if we participate in this fiction that a man can become a woman, that transitioning is possible? How can we then try to say no, she cannot come into our locker rooms or bathrooms or swimming lanes or sororities? Or to say, no, Target, she can buy her bathing suit with the extra fabric to hide her penis somewhere else. It doesn't make sense, because it isn't true. And we know it's not true. And to pretend that it is true is to foster a lie that's hurting too many people. Almost all of them girls, women and girls. They say pronouns are a gateway drug. They open the door to these lies that lead to real harm to real females. They're a clever rhetorical trick that forces you to seed the argument about women's spaces before you've even spoken one word of substance. Kelly explained that she still doesn't want to bully or intentionally offend anyone, but she concludes powerfully, I have resolved to base my conversations around gender on the same tenets that also govern my life, truth and reality. I will not use preferred pronouns, a decision motivated by a growing alarm over women's rights and the safety of children. I will speak to a trans person kindly and with empathy. In their presence, I will likely try to avoid pronouns altogether as I have no wish to intentionally provoke or upset anyone. But I will not take this gateway drug anymore because I have a daughter, because I am a woman, an adult human female. Because for too long, I failed to see the harm and therefore helped cause it. A powerful soliloquy from somebody who had good intentions, but then saw the harm, the pain, the sorrow in living irrationally, living unreasonably, living outside of truth. My friends, truth is a person embodied in Jesus himself who lives within us. And, and as long as we stay in his realm of truth, we will be solid. Now, we also know that he tells us to love our enemies and to care for them and to comfort them and to pray for them. And that is always true. And so if we move outside of that realm, we're also living outside of truth. So we can love well, but we can also speak truth and not compromise on the reality in which we live. Thank you for hearing my heart again this week. It is always my pleasure to come before you each and every week and share these relevant, up-to-date, current event issues that are, help, that are affecting our society and culture, not only for us, but for our children. So let's go together now. 
to set and shape the culture.